exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Impact 88.9 FM WDBM East Lansing. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sexposure, a special edition of Impact Exposure tonight, uh, Tuesday, April 3rd, 2007. Uh, tonight we are going to be joined and are joined by a great panel of guests and specialists talking about vital issues this evening. So thank you very much for coming on the show to all of you. Uh, why, why don't we go around really quick and introduce ourselves. See what we got. Uh, I'm Andrew. I'm a health educator from Olin Health Center. I'm Casey. I'm a student employee at Olin Health Center. I'm Kristen, and I'm a SASE sexual assault crisis intervention um, volunteer advocate. I'm Erin, and I'm a health educator with Olin Health Center. There's something in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I will not comment on that. This is, this is Dr. D. I'm glad, glad to be back. I was not here last month. I was recuperating. And the kind of staff I work with, you know why I was recuperating. Well, actually, I had uh, surgery last month, so I'm glad to be back here. We're we'll talking about. <laughs> oh, this is impact sex exposure, as, as we were we were getting into. You have to understand why we're chuckling a bit, because just before we went on the air, uh, Aaron had to say orange penis. Uh, that she brought with her tonight uh, as part of a demo that we're going to do and talk about uh, basic sexuality, right, Casey? What are we going to talk about tonight, Casey? We're going to get back to the basics. The basics. I figured, you know, it's spring, love is in the air, people are getting restless, so that we should cover a few a few things this time of year. Indeed. What what is in the air? Love is in the air. Love. I don't know what it is. Love is in the air. You know, I wonder sometimes. I don't know. Love is a many splendid thing. (laughs) It's very complicated. I hear. Mm, It Uh, is. It could be. It could be. Um, So so it 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 is that time of year, right? Yeah, and I figured there. I the more I talk to people about sexual health, the more I realize that people are really embarrassed to ask these sorts of questions, like the really basic questions, because they feel like they should have learned it somewhere along the line and sometimes you just don't sometimes you miss a day of health ed and in seventh grade and you're screwed for the rest of your life or not (laughs) or not Uh, (laughs) 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 it's gonna be one of those nights already i say should have injured my other foot and stayed home i can see it so I thought if you had any questions or that you're, you know, have been too embarrassed to ask, you can call in, call in at 432-3893 and ask anonymously those questions that you don't know who else to ask or just aren't sure about, and we will give you a prize pack. What's in the prize pack tonight? Um, same as always. We've got condoms. We've got different kinds of lube. We've got lube that heats up. We've got lube that's flavored. We've got different types of condoms. We've got polyurethane. We've got um, latex. And we also have blow pops and massages from Douglas J. All kinds of fun things. If you you call in, it's the end of the year and we're stockpiled with these. So if you call in, you will get one tonight. So it it really is a variety pack, it sounds like. I mean, it It really is. And we have information in there, too. We have all kinds of nice information and what to do with these products, don't we? Yes. And if you call in with a question, I mean, we could even add in that picture book that I like to give out, Sex Etiquette 101. Oh, the most popular book on campus. She's putting it in the prize pack tonight, folks. Did you hear that? In there. So if you're listening right now. Sweeten the pot. <laughs> phone lines are open right now, 432-3893. And it does have pictures, just so you know. Indeed. So what are some of the issues that we're going to be getting into tonight? There's definitely a lot. I mean, just like we said, spring, just we just rounded the corner of spring. Love is in the air. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah when Casey put that on, I kind of looked at it and said, just what the heck does that mean? I think you, know? you can say how. No, I can't. I was told I can't say that anymore. So what, <laughs> what, what, what the heck does that mean? Uh, because, you know, it, it's truly love in the air, or is it just because people are back outside and it's warmer out and there's shedding of clothes a bit? And is there something really about spring that people start to get romantic or need to find love, or is it all about sex or what? Maybe. Call in and tell us if you have that answer. Maybe but, it's just another season, another reason. Oh, oh please, no, no, no. What? Do you not like my singing? <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that. <laughs> He's ready to jump in in the control room. 
<laughs> this, this is not American Idol. This is exposure. Okay. That's right. But I think people may be a little more bold after being in the, you know, cooped up in their houses and they're like out seeing people and enjoying giving out numbers and whatnot. It's a good time. Okay, I'm yeah. I'm excited to start to see the sun again and... So just yeah, you don't see usually see this in like Texas or New Mexico. It's just no. spring is spring or uh, love is not in the air. It's just the same air. It's just <laughs> it's just in the winter climates like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. Mm-hmm. People come out and go, oh my god, it's the other sex. <laughs> <laughs> come out of the houses. Because so. in the winter sometimes you can't tell with snowsuits and hats and boots. You can't tell, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, look, there's boys and girls on this campus. And boys and boys and girls and girls. Yep. Right? And I've heard a lot of people break up of after winter, after Christmas. They get all that good feelings during that season, and then all of a sudden spring, they want a new model. Yeah. I mean, who uh, needs a cuddle buddy when it's 80 degrees outside? I mean, come on. Okay, back to basics. <laughs> right. It is. Casey is right, though. You know, and, and Aaron knows that I could probably talk for hours about the fact that this is not a society that is very educated about sex. So we do try to provide an environment that, uh, you can call in and ask your questions in a safe environment, and and uh, that's let's, let's face it. Even back in sixth grade or seventh grade, most people all they got was plumbing. They really didn't get a chance to ask the kind of questions that really delve into your sexuality. But let's see, we have a caller already, or we do. Uh, I believe we are going to be getting a caller very shortly. Okay, uh, we'll we'll, we'll wait on that caller. Just uh, that's right. If you call in right now, four three two three eight nine three. If you have any questions, you can remain anonymous if you'd like. Um, but uh, these are the people that you'd want to talk to because these are these are really critical issues are affecting uh, our campus and they're affecting the entire nation the entire world I mean, these are universal issues well I, sex is global sex is global I just okay found you're out. not going to break into song again too are you <laughs> i don't have a song for that but if like i did george michael sex, <laughs> sex, sex is good no please no don't oh. do that uh, but you know <laughs> your issue is and we've said it many times in this show that sexuality is everything you are as a male or female, so you you're you have to be involved in it, and you can you can always choose not to express yourself, which some people call sex, uh, but you have a sexuality. So this is a safe place to ask questions and stuff. So let, let's get into it. Uh, well, I think we talk about you know the fact that anyone that does call in tonight, we're not placing any judgment or assumptions on you know our listeners out there that anyone is is choosing to be sexually active right now or not choosing to be sexually active. So you know, feel free to call in and and make any questions that you might have. We're open to that. Well, you know, Becky Allen, who's the alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs uh, coordinator for uh, Olin Health, and I were at a meeting today. We we're talking about why this society has such a problem with alcohol and why, why there's so much problems with the way society deals with it. Not so much that college students drink a lot, but it's more about why the society. And we have such a morally charged relationship with alcohol, a very ambiguous morally charged, and that's why we have such a problem. But we have the same thing with sexuality. We can't really talk about it openly, and so we always tend to, to uh, uh, you know, have uh, these types of radio shows where people have to ask questions because, frankly, we could go around this panel, and I'll bet you not one of you here has had a real comprehensive sex education program in K-12. Well, even when you got here, we talked about everything, about abortion, about masturbation, about pleasure, about uh, uh, being gay lesbian orientation all that stuff didn't anyone ever have those you don't and so you know it, there are a lot of questions out there that people have and maybe this is the time of the year where where you uh, uh you need to ask those questions so call in and ask us those questions well actually and uh dr you brought up a good point because um you were talking about how alcohol and everything there's many different factors especially when you're talking about something one of the topics um for the show this evening is sexual assault um what i guess i was i was reading on the um MSU website, uh, endrape.msu.edu. And it was talking about sexual assault and what it is, and it really kind of broke it down, broke it down very, in, in just very clear, concise language. Uh, can we just kind of go around the panel really quick? What, I mean, l- like you said, this is the semester's ending, people are, you know, doing a bunch of different things. How is um, sexual assault or the issue of sexual assault going to be um, viewed or interpreted, or how, how is sexual assault factoring into MSU? as the semester is coming to a close? Well, that is a really good question. Go ahead. Um, I can go on that. April, which is the last last big month that we're all here, is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, um, which is part of the reason why I'm here tonight. Um, but there are a lot of things. with As of spring, like it doesn't matter any time of year. The number of assaults that happen are pretty much straight across the board. Sometimes there's peaks, but there's no real way to 
see it. Um, it's just we get a on the volume of our callers that we get because we do run a 24-hour um, hotline for anybody who's experienced it or co-survivors to call in. And a lot of it does happen in the spring. We get a lot of calls because the more people are going out, they're, it's not necessarily that they're out and drinking and they're out at the bar and they're being unsafe because it's never it's never something that people are like, oh, you put yourself in this situation. It's not that at all. People, there are perpetrators that do this. But um, with right. the alcohol and getting out, and the, you go to more parties in spring because it's warmer, you can walk more places, and people take advantage of that. People are have gotten in this mindset in this culture that because somebody is drunk or because maybe they're wearing a low-cut shirt that they deserve it, which isn't the case at all. Um, you should be protected when by your friends and by the surroundings because if somebody you see somebody taking getting taken advantage of, um, it's you know alcohol is one of the it's a date rape drug is what it is. I mean alcohol does not equal consent. It's not some free pass for a guy or girl because it happens to everybody that they can go in and violate somebody and leave such a traumatic ending to it. So, and, and, and we're we're gonna actually get into this more in the second half of the show. I'm glad you brought up the question, but you know, just uh, bringing up the question was the same problem I had with the outline when I talked when I saw Casey over there. I looked at the outline, and go, and right away we go to the negative aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about sexuality, and, and I, I'm going to put old Alex on the spot here because we're going to talk about some of the positive aspects in the second half of the show. But we're going to get into the sexual assault and stuff. But you know, I saw the outline here and said the risks of sex. What are the risks of sex? Honestly, what are the risks of sex? You know, how often do you have a show like this where you talk about maybe automobiles or you talk about uh, uh, going to a concert and right away you talk about the risks? Why is it that whenever we have a show about sex, people want to talk about the risk right off the bat? They want to talk about the STDs you can get or STI you can get or, <laughs> or the unwanted pregnancies or, or the sexual assault, but we don't talk about the positive aspects. I mean, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't do an automobile show and say, okay... You drive a yeah, car, yeah. you're going to get into a car accident, aren't you? That's what's <laughs> going to happen, right? So let's talk about, uh, you know, car accidents. Or when you talk about going sure. to a concert, you go, okay, you're going to overdose at a concert. You don't do that. But with sexuality, why is it that we right away jump to the the consequences and negative aspects? Is because, it because sex is bad, and you what should it? save it for someone that you love. Okay. You know, <laughs> um, so we are supposed to talk about it. But I think that um, because the risks of sex are easier to talk about. Um, when you get into the positive aspects of sexuality, of, of sex, you start talking about pleasure and about feeling good about sex. And, and does feeling good really sell? It doesn't necessarily. Um, not in the news, not in the media. Um, you know, we'd rather scare each other to death out of having something that could be really good for you. Um, and, and we stop talking about how to know whether you're ready to have sex or um, you stop talking about, you know, all of those positive aspects of a healthy relationship that go into possibly becoming sexually intimate with somebody. And we forget about all of those things that we should be talking about and rather jump right to you shouldn't have sex because of unwanted pregnancy and STIs. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, we, we talk about sexuality in what we call terms erotophobic. Everything is, mm-hmm. is the phobic part of sexuality. You know, even healthy sexuality brings up the connotation that healthy sexuality means you're always wearing a condom, yeah. you always know their background, and you always know da-da-da-da-da. And it goes on and on. And that's really not healthy sexuality. That's that's the avoidance of consequences and the avoidance of things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if we're going to go back to the basics, you know, why do we jump right to the expression of sexuality? We're first talking about sex, and we don't really talk about sexuality because, okay, springtime, it's springtime, and people are out there. What does it mean to, to, to be out in springtime and... Uh, um, feel good about your sexuality. What does it mean? And you're all looking at me like blank. Like, <laughs> where in the uh, heck is he going? I can think of lots of reasons. Not all of them are always appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is healthy sexuality feeling good about uh, your appearance in the spring? Is healthy sexuality feeling good about your orientation? Is healthy sexuality feeling good about about your your body image? Is what is healthy sexuality? About? I think it's. I, I think it's all of that, and I think that it's important to look at all those aspects. And I think them. I think that spring is stereotypically a time when people start thinking more about sex, and I think it's important to look at those questions as they arise, you know, and really take the time to learn and discover who you are sexually. Mm-hmm. And you know, we actually talked about this at our last uh, sex exposure show, which was about body image mm-hmm. itself. And I guess last show we were talking about what we got to is that body image itself um, is not trying to please other people. 
it's it, and, and I guess in, in a season like spring when you know there's you know you're just going switching to t-shirts and shorts and it's really about feeling good about yourself and more importantly I, I think it's being comfortable with who you are, mm-hmm. which is a really big statement to say when you turn on, you know, the media and you're constantly bombarded by these images of being, you know, perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. But I definitely well, think that's a big factor. Well, it's interesting that uh, there is an organization that puts out what they call the uh, behaviors of a healthy sexual adult, and many of them have nothing to do with sex. Mm-hmm. They really have to do with, uh, you know, something we're going to talk about in the second half of the show, how, how one person uh, respects and relates to another person. And relationships. I mean, we're going to do the relationship show at the end of April. It's probably our most popular show because everyone has questions about how to be in relationships, how to deal in relationships, how to work them, how to end them, and everything like that. You know, we were talking before the show. Mm-hmm. And so my day doesn't go by without at least one person coming and saying, ah, relationships. I really wish I understood them. I wish I knew how to do them. The R can word. You, can you help? Can you? And I go, hey, I just. These are from Venus. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you you know, it's really important that we start talking about healthy relationships um, in terms of sexuality because I think that that is the basis for a lot of of really positive things that we could do on this campus. Um, If you talk about sexual assault in some cases, um, healthy relationships and understanding um, how to navigate just the world through relationships, through friendships and things like that, it helps to help understand some of those things that will impact you as you grow and move from relationship to relationship and recognizing, um, you know, signs of relationships that may be negative for you. And some of those negative relationships impact your your expression of sex as well. Um, so it's really important that we start talking about the signs of a healthy relationship, I think. In the and, and, and if you'd like those, I mean, we're not, not going to have time to talk about all those tonight, but we can get you those uh, uh, life behaviors of a sexually healthy adult, they're called. Mm-hmm. Uh, just give us a call or send us an email over at Olin, and we'll get those to you. Uh, but I, I what I get, encourage you to do is explore those. Explore more about your sexuality than just about sex. I know people want to hear about the mechanics of sex and how to protect yourself and all these other things, and that's important. But I think the uh, the expression of your sexuality and who you are and stuff is just only part of it. So let's talk about some of the stuff on the agenda here because we're supposed to do the <laughs> basics, and I got off yeah, on a and rant. I do want to say that the reason that I did put on the risks of sex and on the, agen- on the agenda says, Honestly, because <laughs> there are risks to having oh, sure. sex the same way there's risk to doing that walk, crossing the street, you know. But um, I think that if you are educated about them, you can learn how to protect yourself from them. And then they're not so scary. And then you can have a healthy relationship sexually because you're not constantly like, if I have sex, I'm going to get pregnant and exactly. I'm going to get AIDS and die. But that doesn't me, have to happen. Let me say something about that. And you can tell I didn't have my coffee today. <laughs> Even if you get an STI... Even if you get HIV, even if you become pregnant, you can still be a healthy person. Right. You can still right. be healthy sexually. I mean, that kind of says that anybody who ever gets an STD or even is sexually assaulted, that they cannot be healthy at some point after that incident. And they can. Mm-hmm. They can. And I have, I have friends who would argue with me, not argue with me, would argue with that statement vehemently, who have HIV and have lived very healthy lives. They believe that, that life is good and they understand what this illness is, and they deal with it. Same with somebody who's had a, a child and unwanted pregnancy. I'm not telling you to go out there and have unrestricted sex and unprotected sex, <laughs> but you can still be healthy afterwards. Absolutely. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, honestly, the risks, uh, the risks involved in expressing yourselves. What are they? Well, I mean, the first one on the agenda is STIs, and for those of you that don't know what an STI is, it stands for... Sexually transmitted infection. Good job, Andrew. I love it. <laughs> um, so sexually transmitted infections. So what what are we talking about when we're talking about sexually transmitted infections? And there are a variety out there. I could list them, but that would be boring. So <laughs> some, of our, uh, some of our most common STIs, I mean, the most common STI is HPV. Um, so we're talking about human papillomavirus, which is the virus that causes genital warts and cervical cancer. Um, so there's a, there's a vaccine out that is available at Olin for the HPV virus. It uh, counteracts four of the 16 different types. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great, 
great vaccination. If you want more information, you can always come to Olin. We can be happy to talk with you about that. Um, there are lots of different STIs out there. Gonorrhea, chlamydia are some other common ones. What do you do to prevent some of these things? Uh, yeah, we, will, we will talk about that, won't we? Uh, <laughs> and with all these, I mean, uh, educate yourself. The best you can do is educate yourself. I always say on an annual basis here that we're not telling you to have sex, not to have sex, what you are, or anything. We're just here to try to educate you and answer your questions. Mm -hmm. uh, if you suspect that you might have one of these, please go get, te get tested. Well, and the thing is, you want to look, when you're talking about STIs, people think, oh my gosh, annually I'll just go get my STI test. Well, if you're talking about annually, meaning one week after you've had unprotected sex and you're worried about an STI, that's not necessarily an accurate time to get tested. What we talk about when we're testing for STIs is two weeks after unprotected sex or, or you know, at least two weeks after unprotected sex or when you start seeing any signs or symptoms of something unusual. You um, have to know that there are certain steps that you can take that you won't have to worry about getting tested. Right. So if you have any questions, please give us a call. Uh, the phone line here at The Impact is 432-3893. Uh, we are joined by... Well, if I could just list everyone's names, Andrew, Casey, Kristen, Aaron, and Dr. D, of course. Um, bunch of really good uh, experts, specialists, and guests here on Impact Sex Exposure. Um, so thank you for tuning in if you just have. And actually, that brings up a really good point uh, because I think a lot of people might be too – uh, I, I'm not going to say afraid, but I think some people say, well, you know, I've had unprotected sex or maybe I'm just curious. I want to get something checked out, but they don't want to. Maybe they'll mm -hmm. say, "I oh, it's fine or I feel fine. So why even do it? So I think that's a good point, mm -hmm. especially on, you know, a campus like MSU. You have so many different people, so many different interactions that mm -hmm. um, sometimes people, oh, yeah, I have classes, I have a job, I have this, I have that. It's mm -hmm. good sometimes to take time. To, for yourself and to get tested, for sure. And Absolutely. I think getting tested can be scary. I mean, mm -hmm. but I, I think personally that not knowing is way more scary, you know. And that's just something that I always think about when I think about getting tested is that I personally would rather know and be able to deal with it and, you know, like Dennis was saying, move on from there and learn how to be a healthy, happy, sexual person. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's something to consider. Well, it's something, too, that it gives you peace of mind, um, and then you can go... And, and protect that health that you do have um, from not having. I think what's STIs. also really important about that, though, is the the positive side of getting tested is great, but there are some negative sides to getting tested. You will know what's going on with your body, and you will have to be able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So for some people, their reason for not getting tested for HIV is because they're not ready to deal with whatever the outcome may be. And that's, I mean, you absolutely have permission to do that, but you also have you know, have to know that you should be protecting your partners. If you are willing to take that risk, you need to talk with your partner about that as well. Communication is a huge cornerstone. It's the well, cornerstone. well, it is too. And I think as a society, though, we've scared people to death about uh, STDs and, and venereal disease and, and stuff. And so some people get so worried about getting tested. You know, they, they'll get their blood pressure checked. They'll get other things and dental exam. And nobody freaks out about that usually. But when it comes to getting tested for a sexually transmitted infection, people get so worried about that. And I keep having to say this, and, and I know I get criticized for it at times, but just because you've had... Uh, intercourse or some type of sexual expression with another person doesn't mean you're going to get an STI. Right. I mean, it's just just not there. So, do, you know, we get people coming in all the time who go, "Oh my God, I touched this person in a bar. Do I have HIV?" And, and we, uh, I know, I do this probability possibility thing. You know, which is, you know, I can't tell you for sure. You don't have something, but let's look at the probabilities because not everyone probably should get tested. And I know that that's a tough statement to make, but not everyone should be. I mean, if you have have the appropriate risks, uh, yeah, do it. And and if you have if you have a certain momentous occasion coming up where you have a new relationship or you finally decided between two people to have consensual uh, intercourse or or, or whatever, uh, then you might want to do it then, especially if you've had some unprotected partners. But sometimes we get folks running in who you know uh, uh, kiss somebody on the back of their elbow and they they think they have you know a, a number of STIs and you know we want to be appropriate with that. Or they saw something on the internet or saw something on TV and it. Scared the death out of them. Absolutely. Right. So let's 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 put our our host here, our uh, somewhat virgin host, on the spot here because <laughs> one of our uh, did I use the word virgin? Yeah, I did. Okay, I can say that, right? I don't know if the FCC would approve of okay. the word virgin. No, I just air. said it, virgin. <laughs> right. Okay, but one of the one of the methods you might choose uh, in protecting yourself would be the uh, condom. 
Uh, male condom. A male condom. And you know, basically there's three different types of, of uh, oh my gosh, she took it out of the bag. Okay. I got it. Oh boy. She's got a realistic uh, phallus uh, here that we use mm. to put uh, practice putting condoms on. We're going we're to see if Alex, is, I, said, I said the other day in a group of administrators, I said, you know, they asked me why we spend so much time teaching about condoms. And I said to them, because I'll bet you 10 to 1, the average American man or woman can't put a condom on correctly without making a mistake. And they all stood around like, yeah, yeah right, Dennis. Yeah, we, we know how to do it. And, you know, when I asked each one of them to go through the steps and each one of them failed, uh, what I think are the proper steps to actually use a condom. So Alex is turning red here now. Wow. Which, which almost, <laughs> Several shades. Almost matches the right shade of the phallus we're going to use here. But uh, <laughs> we want you to walk us through sure. for the, the, uh, the uh, listeners out there. How is the proper way to utilize a, uh, a condom? Well, that's a, that's a really, really good, uh, good question. And uh, good I guess you want me just to like kind of describe what I'm doing. Yeah, I describe for, <laughs> so what's the first thing you're going to do? Well, the first thing is you're going to want to hold the uh, condom package in your hand and open it. You might want to know, you know, when it was made, you know, when it's going to You know, that's actually a really good point. Um, I'm looking on the back of the package, and it says that uh, it expires 2009. Good. It also says it's made in Spain. <laughs> so, so this okay. condom has traveled a long way to get into your hands. Wow, this is an, this is an international, like... <laughs> now, what does that tell you in 2009? Probably not a good time to use the condom, if it's 2009 and you're considering using it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so most, most condoms are made with a five-year expiration. Okay. okay. So if you got a condom that says, uh, good till uh, 5 of 07, would you use it? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, if it's the only thing you have, yeah. Right. But, <laughs> better than nothing, but... But the other thing is, what else do you need to know about that condom? Um, oh, probably you need to know the um, material that it's mm -hmm. made out of. I think there are some different types. There's latex, there's... Um, polyurethane. Polyurethane. Mm -hmm. sure the other kind that we don't really talk about should be natural skin. Yeah. Natural skin. Or animal yeah. membrane, they call them. Yep. Mm -hmm. and so so you know you now know what the expiration date is, and you, and you know yes. what the material is. What next would you want to do? Well, I think now would be a good time to open... The package. You might right. want to make sure that it's not that it hasn't already been opened, that there's no pores in the actual package. That is a good and why is that, Casey? Idea. Because um, the package. you, can feel you don't the want if there's been like a thumbtack or something that's gone through the package. It's probably gone through the condom. You don't want hey. a hole in your condom. That you is want a holy condom. Plus, <laughs> plus, plus, what else do you want? Don't Maybe. want. If you have a hole in the package, it means it's been exposed to air. Air. Right. And latex isn't necessarily your your strongest type of material out there, so you don't want to expose it too much of the air. And what else? You don't want it to dry out. Yeah. Don't want it to dry out. You don't want to put a lot of pressure on it. Oh, right. You don't want to put a lot of heat on it. And you don't want to put a lot of cold on it. So that's why. So that's why when you watch the movies and you see the guys, you know, take automatically there's a condom out of their pocket. I mean, is that a good idea? I mean, well, it depends where they've had it. If they've had it in their wallet and there's an imprint in their wallet, then they might. Just want to name their child Wallet. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing wrong, like if I mean, if you if you have one in your pocket no. for a little while, I mean, that's fine. Just okay. just don't crush it in your wallet and sit on it and all that stuff. Okay, um, what's what's to, the next step? I was just gonna say real quick, a good way to do that is just if you squeeze the package, you can tell that there's an air bubble in there. And yes. if there's no air bubble, then it's probably the package is open. I can feel the air bubble, definitely. <laughs> Okay, now what? Okay, now, even though this took us like seven minutes to get through, <laughs> hey, it's know, really, it really doesn't take that long if you just think about it. So <laughs> Usually We're just trying to cover everything. Seconds, but that's right. Well, because, so, I mean, Dr. D, you said that how many people the, uh, the, you were talking yesterday or was it a couple of days ago and everyone didn't know how to – is that well, – That's yeah. very common. I mean, it's yeah. really common in lectures and programs. And it's very common. We're going to – you know, I mean, condoms are extremely effective, like 98% effective. Usually when they fail, it's because of human error. And that's what we're trying to get at. So what, what what would be the next thing you would do? I think opening the uh, condom package would probably be the best thing. <laughs> and how would you do that? Um, I would I would generally just kind of, well, I mean, it's kind of hard with radio because you can't really, there's no visual, but probably just tear it I think people are having a visual image already. <laughs> they really are. There's a big orange dildo in front of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, there Phallus. is. <laughs> Phallus. I guess we're going to use proper terminology here. Uh <laughs> 
So you, I guess, just open from the top where it's the little zigzag patterns, I suppose. You want to move the condom over, though, so that you don't rip it when you're ripping open the package. You also want to make sure that you don't use your teeth. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'm I'm going to do that right now. Well, he's not, but Casey makes a great point, though, right. because some research was done uh, about 10 years ago trying to figure out the way that condoms mostly fail. And they found out the way condoms mostly fail is, think about it. It's the way you open them up. How do most people open up? With their teeth, with the lights out, and in a hurry. And using your teeth with the lights out is not the best way to do it because you can put nicks into that latex very quickly, and you don't know where it's at. Not Session for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now what? So I'll now, I guess, just remove it from the... Uh, there. So now I've taken it out. Yes. I examined it. I don't think I've... Uh, when I opened up the package, I don't think there's any tears or anything. At least I hope not. Um, so now I guess the thing would be to, uh, place it on the, no, uh, <laughs> you might want to check which way it's going to roll. Oh, that's right. That might work too. Um, I think it's going to be rolling out this way. I good way to do that also is to just pick it up. If you blow in it, you'll be able to tell. <laughs> My mom's so proud of me listening to me right wow. now. I bet. <laughs> is this how, uh, can you tell it's going to roll out? I think it goes the other way. Oh, the other way. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Can all you listeners out there hear that? That is me. Uh, I think that's a good message. Yeah. See, the reason that you want to do Play that is because if you put that on the tip of a penis, there's pre-cum, right? So if we set that condom on the wrong way and then you go to flip it over to roll sure. it down correctly, you've already exposed can be a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, okay. So I think I'm, I have it in the right direction now. Yep. Looks like it. So that's good. So now just I'd place it over the, uh, over the phallus, I guess I should Very say. Nice. Squeeze tip. And I, you want to make sure you squeeze the tip before you squeeze the tip before you roll it down. Yeah, you, you don't want oh, air okay. to be caught in that bubble there. Oh, okay. That'd be bad. You need the sperm to be able to go somewhere. <laughs> needs a home. Needs a home. <laughs> oh, there's still air in there. Oh yeah, no! You gotta, you gotta hold it tight while you roll That's it down. Right. Oh, okay, like that. Yes. Yeah. Very gotcha. Nice. There very we go. Nice. So what he's no, doing right. now is he's squeezing the top, the tip, as he's rolling it down. Squeeze and roll. Squeeze and roll. <laughs> squeeze and roll. And and get all the air bubbles out. Get all the air bubbles out, okay. Yes, that is what nice. I'm doing right now. I'm smoothing out the uh, phallus. And Eric, the uh, engineer, is definitely <laughs> definitely enjoying the... Uh, You're yeah. getting one next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, for all those who have just tuned in to Impact Exposure, uh, we, are, we are joined by uh, a really good group of guests and specialists. And we are, we are figuring out right now the proper way how to put on a condom. I'm doing that right now. And uh, I think most of the air is out. Most of the air bubbles, I would assume, would be looks, out. Looks very nice. And <laughs> have I? Am, am I okay? Have I pleased the? Uh, is everything in, in place there? Looks yeah. good. So far, looks good. Okay. Love it. Awesome. That is great. I, good job. I, I feel very Golf accomplished clap. right now. Okay. Thank Can you, you go over how to take it off? Real yeah, quick? yeah. Yeah. Quickly. Let's go okay. over how to take it off. You want to try it, or do you want us to just talk about it? You know what? You can like oh. walk me through it. That'd so be you just okay. Have sex there. That would be great. All right, so the important thing, now I have the phallus. Hi, Mom. Um, <laughs> the important thing is to make sure that you um, remove the phallus from whatever it is being inserted into while it is still erect. And then you're going to um, right. You're going to squeeze the tip again and kind of slowly, gently. I'm, this is really hard to do on a phallus. <laughs> That's I haven't okay. done that. It feels a little before. more pliable. Yeah. It's a tough angle. And then you're going to <laughs> you're going to make sure that. that as you, that you hold on to the base of right. the condom as you're pulling it off so that nothing spills out as you and then you dispose right. of it. Now, you know, it's even doing this on the air, there's I can see some anxiety in myself because you know we're talking to the public out there, sure. and I always say that uh, this is education. You know, for some of you that choose one way or another to be offended by what is going on or don't agree with it, it's all about education. We're an educational institution trying to educate uh, students and the public about this stuff. So uh, this is the proper way, and most people don't know necessarily how to do this. I mean, for one reason or another, they don't know necessarily how to open them, and they think it's simple to open them, or they don't know that that it's necessary to have a a reservoir tip because condoms can break. I mean, the force of an ejaculation can actually break a condom if there's no reserve there. Uh, And how to take, and actually how to take them off, because some folks, you know, 
uh, have come into Olin Health Center, women have come in and men have come in with condoms that have been left inside of them because they were not properly taken off or didn't wait to take them off. And those are things that, that are distressful for people. And these are things we don't talk openly about in the society, but we need to because there are things. So that's, that's one of the things, the way you can protect yourself, getting back to basics, right? <laughs> And it's, it's, it's actually really it's, – it's a really good point because I think, you know, the, the more that you think about these issues, I think as we were talking about in the media and a lot of this, it's kind of this, this negative stereotype and you're constantly focusing on the negative results of sex, you know, the STDs, et cetera. But, you know, to take good steps to have safe sex, healthy sex, preventative, you know, preventative uh, options out there. So it's really important um, to have that type of uh, – have the type of experience, frankly. I mean, that's. And if you if you've got a uh, concern or a question, please call in at four three two three eight nine three because we still have those prize packs. We're just dying to give away tonight. That's true. Uh, and so, what next? So I think that you know we've we've covered kind of the most common contraception that's out there, which is the male latex condom. Um, but you know it's also important to know there are polyurethane male condoms as well as the female condom available. Oh. Um, and that's kind of your best bet in terms of protecting against STIs or unwanted pregnancy. It's the most accessible thing. We have condom connection um, in the dorms and, and also free condoms at Olin that you can always come up and, and check out. So um, Complimentary. Complimentary. I'm so sorry. Um, birth control methods. Other birth control methods in terms of preventing unwanted pregnancy, there's a variety out there. I think what I really just want to say about that is it's best to talk with your physician about them. Um, birth control is available by prescription through a medical care provider. And if you stop into Olin, you meet with a nurse physician um, briefly, talk about some of the uh, impacts of birth control and figure out which one's best for you. Well, you know, it, it occurs to me that uh, yeah, condoms do fail at times. Sometimes some groups, groups make much more out of the failure rates of condoms than they really do. But what what, ha- what happens? What are the choices a woman has if a condom does break or does not, does come off? What what are her choices if she wants to avoid uh, an unwanted? I always don't like the word unwanted pregnancy, but it unplanned. is unplanned. Unplanned. Thank you. Uh, so what are, what are her choices? Well, go ahead. There's emergency contraceptives available, and you can get those um, at Olin Health Center if you so choose. And it's a pill. It's not the abortion pill, which a lot of people get it confused with. It works the same way as birth control pills. It just, um, it stops the egg from implanting. It doesn't, it doesn't kill a pregnancy or uh, terminate a pregnancy. And um, it's available over the counter um, at, at any major pharmacy. We have a pharmacy at Olin Health Center that you can um, pick up. So it's no longer through a prescription, oh, a written right, prescription, right. um, which is very nice. It makes it more accessible. Um, either male or female partners can pick them up, um, which is a nice addition as well. It used to be only female partners. So. Is there still the 18-year-old age limit on it as far as prescription? Yes. Um, as far as I know. Yes. Well, you know, we, we could spend two, three hours talking about different contraceptive methods out there, and I think that uh, what we would like to leave you with as a panel is that there's so many different options. You know, we we got the question on the birth control pill recently, Aaron and I, about, you know, putting synthetic hormones into your body. There are so many options out there for you. You just need to research them. You know, and really it, the choice comes down to is... Uh, why you're having sex and who you're having sex with, uh, the cost of the method, the effectiveness of the method, and the possible side effects of the method. So those are the things you really should consider because there's so many different methods. I Sometimes I'll, I'll hear women say, well, I've been on uh, you know, Depo-Provera for all this time and I have all these side effects. And I go, so why are you using it? Well, because I've been on it forever and it's what I use. But you're having all these side effects, so why don't you try something else? Oh, I didn't know there was anything else. There's all kinds of options out there. Mm-hmm. So make sure you talk to your health care provider. Mm-hmm. But. Before we go on break, can I give my little tricks of the trade? Sure. Okay, I just want to... It's been kind of serious for a while. I wanted to... Um, uh, Kristen brought up a really... It was a joke, but she was talking about how, you know, you can ruin the heat, in the heat of the mo- moment by grabbing condom. And I just wanted to uh, throw some ideas out there. First of all, if you put um, a little bit of lube on the inside of a condom, it's much more pleasurable for a male wearing a condom. And um, also, you can, there on our website, you can um, find a lot of different, a lot of different um, fun facts and stuff. So um, 
you, if you feel so inclined, you can check out www.olin.msu.edu and look at our health education page. So, and we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break right here on uh, 89FM, but please stay tuned. Uh, This is Impact Sex Exposure. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a gang member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, the Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. 89FM, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Impact Exposure. This is a special edition, actually. It's a Tuesday, April 3rd, Impact Sex Exposure. We are joined right now with Andrew and Casey and Kristen and Aaron and, of course, Dr. D. And uh, we are talking about just really, really good critical issues uh, on here on Impact Sex Exposure. We've had a couple callers in the last 10 minutes or so. We actually have a caller right now on the air. I believe Amanda is on the line. Amanda, you are on Impact Sex Exposure. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you, Alex? I am. We are doing just great. We're having a, a great time, learning a lot, uh, learning a lot today on the show. Awesome. Yeah, I actually uh, heard you. You passed the test. You uh, put a condom on on the air. Yes, Yay! I. You know, I was. Uh, it was like almost. I felt like it was a little bit of an initiation. It was. Uh, it was good. I. It I, is. I, I learned a lot. It was great. I personally have uh, been on a sex exposure hosting before and had to do it twice, and so you, you passed this line. Well, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, for those of you listening, uh, Amanda, yes, uh, was a Impact Sex Exposure Exposure host, and um, to get a compliment like that from her right now is a good honor. Thank you very much, Amanda. I appreciate it. Um, Amanda, he didn't come close to the way you put it on, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was on his voice while he did. He was a little nervous, but yeah. next time, Alex, you'll be all set. Next time, okay. Next, <laughs> next time it is. This sounds good. Definitely. All right. Well, cool. Well, you guys are doing a good show, and I, uh, of course, am agreeing with a lot of things you're saying. I have a sister who is uh, nearing the 18-year-old age, and so she's starting to think about what, you know, what do I do? What What are my options? What's going on? And I just keep, I'm like, just from the sex exposure days, research your options, kids. If you're going to get into contraception, definitely research your options. So I just, I'm glad to hear you guys are still on that basis. You know, if you're going to make, if you're going to make those kind of decisions to, to try stuff out to educate yourself. So I was really good to hear that. It's Research. good to hear from you. It's good to hear yeah, from you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amanda, thank you so much for uh, for calling up. This is awesome. Yep. Quite a treat. All right, cool. Well, you guys have a good show. Take care. All yeah. right, thanks. All right, thank you. Bye. Bye. It's always nice to hear from yeah. the old host. They're still living and haven't been scarred by... You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know the... the Came in at uh, at the break and said we had some calls offline and we want to deal with this really quickly. But it tends to show you that some people, you know, don't necessarily even want to be on the air with the, these types of questions. But they have so many questions out there. So let's deal with those real quickly and then we'll get to our guests. Sure. Well, we had uh, we had two calls and um, one of them was uh, our caller called up and wanted to know uh, the future of contraceptives. What's going on? How is it changing? You know, uh, contraceptives are ever evolving, um, but it's a long process to get things through the FDA and out there to the public. Um, so I think that what you want to do is always question what is available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to ask yourself, how is it going to impact you, um, your body, your mental health, all of that, and how it's going to interact with the you know any medications you're already taking and and go from there and definitely always explore what's new and what's available to you there's a there's preliminary testing going on i know on contraception that focused more on on men actually having to to deal with taking pills and things like that um but it's all in the preliminary stages but i'm sure you can find some stuff online uh good Mm -hmm. information about it there there are quite a few innovations out there from from new uh uh, subdermal devices to as andrew said new ways of doing vasectomies without doing surgically there's a lot of them out there but i have to caution you that 
whether they actually get to production will determine will be determined sometimes by market research. Mm-hmm. But then the drug companies and most of these folks are not going to put anything in the market that they can't at least clear up uh, what they put into it and make a profit on it. So hopefully we can also convince men to take an active role in contraception because you know the, having a pill for men has been around for a long time. It just never got to the market. Uh, you have a question. Oh, sure. Uh, well, actually, we had another caller uh, who was just recently diagnosed with genital herpes and wanted to know what the options were for if, if, if you're recently diagnosed. Well, it sounded like part of the question was how could she have possibly gotten it, too, if she was using condoms, I right. think. You know, and and the, the problem with with uh, those uh, contact STIs like HPV and HSV, even if you're using a condom, it doesn't necessarily protect you because it's a contact. Mm-hmm. The condom only goes down so far. So if there's, there's genital herpes on the base of the, the penis or by the scrotum or on the skin somewhere near there, you can still contract it. Plus, you can also transfer what they used to call uh, uh, herpes simplex 1. If you're giving oral sex to a, a, a woman or to a man, you can, you can transfer to uh, HSV. Uh, HSV in many cases can be, you know, it can be one occurrence one in a person's life, or it could be several occurrences. And you really look at it as, as it's just as a an, an illness that you may or may not have that could restrict some of your activity. You know, we always get the conversations, should we tell my partner when I do this? You know, that, that's an ethical uh, kind of dilemma with folks, and I tell them you need to go with your heart and go with the, with the, how you care about this person. Can you be involved in a lot of sexual activity? Oh yeah, there's so much sexual activity out there that you can be involved in that, as we always joke around, Olin say is a lot more rewarding and satisfying than actually intercourse is sometimes. So, but get a hold of us at Olin, we can sit down and talk to you. Definitely. And uh, let's 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 move right along. Uh, phone lines are still open four three two three eight nine three. We do have a special guest here on Impact Sex Exposure. Uh, Kristen is joining us right now. Uh, Kristen, do you want to kind of introduce yourself again for the listeners who've just tuned in? Sure. Um, my name is Kristen. Like you said, I am a sexual assault advocate for SASI, the Sexual Assault Crisis Intervention Team that is on campus. We are through the Counseling Center. Um, we are a 24-hour hotline. Uh, if you guys need to call in, it's uh, 24 hours. You Anytime, anywhere you are, we constantly have people on the phones. The number is 372-6666. Um, and you can, we have two parts what we do. We do hotline advocacy for um, not only survivors of a sexual assault, but also um, for co-survivors, anybody who has questions regarding it. Um, and we also do a medical advocacy, which we go to uh, Sparrow Hospital is where we primarily do um our contact and we help with counseling and pr- protect the rights of survivors who do come in to go through the um, forensic exam that does come after uh, sexual assault. So that is basically what I do. I'm both a on hotline and a medical advocate. So I've done a whole bunch of training and all that. Um, and April is pretty much the month where we get a lot of exposure because April is sexual assault awareness month. That is nationally known as that. And there are a multitude of events that are going on and what we're really working at. And People often wonder if sexual assault is a big problem on Michigan State's campus because it is something that people don't talk about. Um, it's not accepted right. in our society for something that's going to happen. Um, there's a lot of negative reactions that people can encounter um, after they do open up to a friend or a family member or even a, even just somebody they know as an acquaintance as a survivor of an assault. Um, so it is a huge problem here on campus. Um, it's the culture that we live in, um, not only any slancing, but also the general culture, media culture that we have in the United States. So, it, yes, it is a big deal. Um, you know, actually, Kristen, I, I want to ask you really quick, and I think we were talking about this last show, too. Um, there is kind of, unless it's like Welcome Week, you know, there's always, everyone always talks about Welcome Week and sexual awareness and protecting yourself mm-hmm. from sexual assault. Um, but this is something that is... 365. I mean, there is no limit on anything. Uh, it's really great that this is a sexual awareness, uh, sexual assault awareness month, and so this April is a really good time. And I remember you said that um, there were a lot of events that that you and everyone else was working on. Um, what were some of those events? Some of the events. Um, once tomorrow, it's a National Day to End Sexual Violence Open Mic at the Green River Cafe from seven to nine p.m. Um, That is tomorrow. That's kind of like one of our kickoffs that we're going to be doing. It should be a great amount of fun. We get a lot of really powerful people in there speaking. It's not all women because it's not just a woman's issue. It's man, woman. It's from the 
LGBT community. It's everybody. Um, so that's the first one that's coming up, really. Um, and next week we have our Rape Culture Film Series. So it's going to be at Wells Hall. Um, we have showings at, from 7 to 11. There's two shows each night, so um, from the 10th through the 12th. And there's it's got, we have different shows like Sex in the Dark and... Um, Different things like that. So we are going to have facilitate, f- facilitators at the the um, film series that are going to be able to help you with whatever you might encounter and the different reactions that you have and also the questions you might have surrounding sexual assault because there is so much mystery and myth that does surround it. Mm-hmm. I'm overlooking at this calendar over Kristen's shoulder. It looks like there's something for almost every day of the month. So if you guys are interested, you should check out this calendar's online, right? Yep, it's at www.endrape.msu.edu. Um, if you have trouble finding that, just go to the Counseling Center's website at MSU, and you can find it through there. Um, it is up on there. You can just click on it. You can check it out. Um, another big thing coming up is Take Back the Night, which is our huge event that we have. We've been putting a lot of work into it. Um, it's going to be at Beaumont Field from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, there's a clothesline project. And then at the end, of that goes on all day, and there's going to be a lot of people out there kind of like just putting out the awareness about the issue. Um, but we're also going to have a keynote speaker, uh, Dr. Nadi Crosby, and that should be a good, good time for everybody. And then we do have our rally and our march, which is really it's a great thing to get a lot of support from the community for people that care about the issue um, and really just need a helping hand in it or even just feel like lending support to the community for people that are affected by sexual assault. Yeah, and there are actually a couple events that we're collaborating with you guys on. So um, there's April 11th at Holmes Hall. Uh, we'll be there doing Sex in the Dark. Um, so we'll be talking about sex, you know, sexual health, um, sex in general. in general. I'm losing my wording. Um, healthy relationships as well as sexual assault. So there will be a representative from Sassy as well as myself there um, answering all of your questions. So if you come by Holmes Hall, I believe it's at 7 o'clock. It's at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Okay, so yep. that's next week. And then, of course, Take Back the Night. We'll be there with our table of information, um, toting our healthy relationship stuff and supporting you guys. So we're really excited to be a part of, of Sexual Assault Awareness. Yeah. And we appreciate all the support that we get from the community. Every little bit helps. Um, you'd be surprised how many people that you are surrounded by have been sexually assaulted. Uh, one in three women by the time that they're 18 and one in six men by the time that they're 18 also have been sexually assaulted in some way. So it's not just an issue that happens behind dark corners and like by a stranger wearing like the dark hoods that people gen- generally associate. It's, you know, it could be your best friend and it gen- a lot of the majority of sexual assaults do happen by somebody that the person is close to or that they know. It, it actually even says on your website, you know, the number one place where we experience sexual violence is in our own homes. So yes. this is this is not something and we were talking about this as well last show is that this isn't something that's very isolated. And, you know, I mean, this is something that you usually would have met or known the person in some way, formal relationship. Oh, yeah. It's a huge, it's a power and control thing that we, it, there could be hours upon hours of discussion about it, but a lot of what ends up happening is the people that are closest to you, they tend to, not everybody, because that's obviously not how everybody operates, but in some cases, the way that it happens, somebody wants control over you, and they are willing to do that by any means necessary. And we were talking about sexuality and how it can be such a positive thing, and sexual assault is not sex. It's not pleasure. It is somebody taking control and power over that. That's really one of the things that we do try to get out to the community so that not only do the survivors know that it's not their fault, but also that the general community knows not to blame because we do a lot of victim blaming, so-called. And it's not. Like, these people have been through a horrific thing, and we need to change that. And actually, this is something that I wanted to ask the entire panel, too, and this is also one of the um, topic guidelines on your website, how to be supportive of a friend. And what I wanted to ask the panel was, what are some things um, off the top of of your head that you can think of um, in having that um, relationship to be to be sensitive and be supportive of a friend if, if or a friend or a family member if you know someone um, or someone's coming to you with questions or concerns or they're expressing something that's happened to them in terms of sexual assault what are some of the things that um, the listeners out there can can do if if they they know someone who has been affected I, I think you already said it you said listeners uh, what the most effective thing you can do to anyone who experiences any type of sexual violence mm. or relationship violence is to listen. Mm. Uh, it's one of the toughest things we do in this society is that we we don't we don't teach people to listen. I think most people just want someone to talk to, they want someone to hear them out, and they want uh, they want them to listen because you know we tend to want to in the society fix everything mm-hmm. or make right. it better or go, make it go away or don't want to hear about it. But very very rarely do we just actually sit and give somebody. Un, 
you know, uh, qualified listening. So I think the best you can do is listen. I think that's also important to remember to believe them, mm-hmm. um, mm, to right, not sure. question their story, to not ask so much of them, but just to listen and to believe them and then guide them in, in the best direction possible as far as resources go. Um, and as far as resources go, I mean, we have a great program right here on campus in the counseling program or in the counseling center. Um, you know, the sexual assault program is an amazing one of a kind resource. Um, not every university is so lucky to have such a program. And I think it's it's very amazing what they do. Yeah, I mean, if you need somebody to talk to, we have MSU counselors that if you are an MSU student, um, then you can actually do go through some counseling with them. And if you aren't an MSU student, just a member of the community, then they can give you different resources of who you can go talk to. And not to mention, um, we're located in 13A Student Services, which is across from Berkey Hall, for those of you who are familiar with the MSU campus. And um, it's down in the basement. You can walk in, and our program coordinators would love to sit and help you out and talk to you and give you mm-hmm. information. And we're definitely always there for you. And then there's the hotline, mm-hmm. um, which we get a ton of calls, and we really are there because we want to help people, and we want to make sure that it's a positive, as mm-hmm. positive experience afterwards for them. And I think it's also important to remember that um, you said a, a lot of these statistics happen before the age of 18, which means a lot of MSU students may be dealing with this before they get on campus. So it's not necessarily mm-hmm. something that occurs on MSU right. campus, mm-hmm. but it may have occurred before you get here. And you still you still deal with this. Um, dealing with a sexual assault is a, you know sometimes a very long time. You don't simply take a pill and it all goes away. A lot of people think that, you know, why can't you just get over it? No, it's something that it's with them for the rest. It's an impression that is left on this person for the rest of their life, which can positively impact them or negatively impact them because there are some people that do, you know, when going gets rough, they really do pick it up and are able to. But not everybody is able to do that, and there's a lot of traumatic things that people go through to get to that point even. And the counseling is complimentary at um, the counseling center, so it's important to know that as well. Yes. We know this goes back to the issue of... uh, and it's uh, not always popular to say this, but as a society, I think we've failed uh, our young kids because we don't teach them about human sexuality. We don't teach them about relationships. We don't teach them about any of the things. You know, in, in the class that uh, Aaron has dealt with, in the class that I deal with, we almost always have students write papers called Who Am I Sexually? It's an anonymous paper. And so we know that, that there are a lot of things that happen to kids by the time they get here mm-hmm. that have to do with uh, sexual violence, uh, with uh, abuse and, and molestation and assault. And, you know, just think if, if we were a society that really valued giving open and honest communication about sexuality from day one, you know, uh, K through 12, and really talked about these things. And that so you could actually equip people to, to not to have to go through these things by the time they get here and for people to talk because, you know, yeah, this is something that is is a tough issue. Uh, you know, I, I always want to shout out to men because, you know, it's not a women's issue as much as it is a men's issue. I mean, we spend a lot of time talking to women about sexual assault and equipping them to pre- prevent and stuff, but really it needs to start with men. Mm-hmm. And so men out there, if, if you're interested in talking about that, there is a men's group on campus. NASA. Uh, and that stands for? Men Active Against Sexual Assault. Thank you. <laughs> and if you're interested in that, you can give Olin a call or, or give the, uh, uh, I believe that their number is there. I don't have the gentleman's permission to give his name on, on the air who, who's in charge of this group, but there is a group out there, so give us an email or give us a shout and we'll let you know. Because men sometimes want to talk about this issue, and men need to talk about this issue. Uh, you know, I get, I get... In my older age here, I'm getting not tired, but I'm I'm waiting for society to react where men will actually take this issue on and not leave it to women to to deal with it. Well, there's actually, um, on April 19th, a call to men will be on campus, which is a great forum for men to get together and talk about how this impacts um, society and the socialization of um, young boys and as they grow up in this culture and how that impacts sexual assault. And it's on April 19th. It's right here on campus from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. At MSU Clarabelle Smith center mm-hmm. so there's also dinner and fundraiser afterwards but you guys can check that out on the website and get to know more information about that yes yeah i've been to one of those meetings before and it's it's very very eye-opening and it's important to get the that discussion started yeah okay. and it's not it's not a, a blaming type of um situation you know i think it's really it gives men a time to talk about their real feelings about sexual assault you know and how it impacts them it's also to keep in mind that a lot of not only men and women, they get into relationships with survivors of sexual assault, and they often have to deal with the ramifications because there's 
like emotional issues, sexual issues too that come into mind. So, you know, that's another thing that a lot of men that I've spoken to friends of, the more they get to know me in this program, that uh, even the hotline's an avenue. If you just need to talk, that's something you can do. Um, again, the number is 372-6666. This leads into uh, our promo for our next show, which is about relationships because, you know, honestly, nobody teaches us how to be in a relationship. We either model it after somebody else or we struggle through it. And so there are a lot of mistakes made in relationships. Uh, so stay tuned. Uh, I believe it's on April 25th. 27th. 27th. We're back to talk about relationships. Well, we'll explore the on-air relationships of some of our staff members and answer your questions out there. Uh, Get all up in our business. But we do appreciate we do appreciate you listening, and and you got to stay tuned for my favorite program next, which is Progressive Torch and Twang. That's right. Progressive Torch and Twang is coming up next. Yes, awesome music, and stay tuned at the Impact. Uh, a lot of really good information here on Impact Sex Exposure. Just want to thank Andrew and Casey and Kristen and Aaron. And Dr. D, of course, for uh, coming in. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, thanks a lot to Eric, the engineer. Awesome guy. Does a great job. Saves me every time. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, Progressive Torch and Twang is coming up right here on 89FM. Thanks for listening to this evening's Exposure, only on 88.9 The Impact.